0: This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist Right 2 for November 26, 2023. Church of the Redeemer. It is a joy, it is a privilege to have the opportunity to worship with you today. I'm so grateful for your presence. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It's great to have you with us. And for those of you who are joining us online for our live stream, thank you so much for being with us. We're so grateful to be with you in this way. If you'd like to get to know our church a little bit better, you can go to Uh, online to redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a y.org. You can click on the about tab there and learn more about us and then uh, contact us so we can learn more about you and welcome you into this beloved community. I have just a few announcements before we begin our worship today. I wanted to uh, remind you that this coming Wednesday, November 27th, we will have our grief support gathering uh, for the grief support group and that will be from 4 to 5:30 p.m. in the parlor. 4 to 5 30 p.m. These gatherings offer a safe space for sharing um, in our grief. And that, that is again this Wednesday, November 27th from 4 to five thirty p.m. in our parlor. I cannot wait for next Sunday. We have a lot of wonderful things happening. First of all, our new associate, uh, Herschel Wade, will be joining us uh, starting next week. He'll be with us next week. And so um, you'll get to meet him then. We also next week is the beginning of Advent and we get to uh, begin our preparations for Christmas. I know many of you have already begun your preparations for Christmas, but the church will begin our official prep for Christmas on Advent next week. And that begins um, not only with our worship, but then in between services, uh, we will have our annual Advent wreath-making event, um, our annual Advent wreath-making in the Great Hall after the nine o'clock and the 11 o'clock services. And our Knit and Kittens will be selling winter accessories in the Great Hall at the same time, just in time for gift giving. Please join us next week. You get to meet Herschel, you get to make a wreath, and you get to check out all of the wonderful winter wares for our knitting kittens. So please check all that out. It'll be wonderful to be together next week. Saturday, December 9th, is our Advent Quiet Day, uh, led by our Minister for Worship, Annie Stevens-Gleason. This Advent Quiet Day provides a much-needed oasis of peace and inspiration as we prepare for the blessings of Christmas. Meanwhile, our family ministry team has already begun organizing the annual Christmas pageant, so we will have, uh, they will have their first meeting on December 10th. So if you, uh, please make sure to sign your child up if you'd like to participate on Christmas Eve at the 4 p.m. Christmas pageant. All of our Advent, and Epiphany, uh, Advent Christmas, and Epiphany off- offerings are available now, and you can see them uh, on, on your app or on the website on the Connect tab. You can find them in both places. I would like to invite at this time all preschool and elementary school-aged children to join Ms. Hannah in the chapel for Donuts and Jesus. She's already got the donuts. They're ready to go. And Jesus is waiting in the chapel. So please go that direction and uh, for age-appropriate interactive worship, and uh, you, uh, you will return in time for communion. I believe these are all the announcements that I want to make today. Oh, one other announcement. We have a, a hymn that we are slightly unfamiliar with uh, as a congregation uh, for the first hymn. So our organist is going to play through the whole first verse once instrumentally before we begin singing. So you'll get a sense of what's going on. So if you like start to kind of think you're supposed to hum or like, wait, am I singing yet? He's going to play the whole first verse and then we will begin to sing together. Okay. I invite you please to stand as you are able and we'll begin our worship. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed
1: be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen.
0: Please pray with me. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets.
2: A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder, and butted all the weak animals with your horns, until you scattered them far and wide. I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. The word of the Lord.
3: reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. The fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord.
4: The holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew glory to you, Lord Jesus said when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him then he will sit on the throne of his glory all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Once upon a time, in a church kind of far, far away, two young boys, about 11 years old, walked into one of the staff offices. It was a Tuesday morning in the fall. They said they didn't have school that day. They were drunk. They said they were hungry, and they asked for a dollar each to buy a taco at the Taco Bell around the corner, which was located on part of the expansive grounds owned by the church, property that would be the envy of Church of the Redeemer because there were two parking lots in addition to the Taco Bell, which you would probably exchange for a better restaurant, but not all fairy tales are perfect, are they? The church staff member refused to give them money because they were drunk and because they should have been in school and sent them away. And I have been trying to make up for what I had done and what I left undone to them ever since. Hoping that I can maybe turn into a sheep again and leave behind my goathood before the end of time that comes on Judgment Day. Feed the poor and you're a sheep. Refuse and you're a goat. This is Jesus' last parable before his arrest, and it's about the end of time again, as it has been lately. And it makes you worried because here's what happens to you. You're downtown. You're on your way to the Bengals game and you see a panhandler on the street with a sign, hungry, please give. You do one of three things. You pull out your wallet and give him a dollar or you shake your head to say no, or you look straight ahead, trying not to catch his eye as you walk by him. And then you feel guilty and you wonder, Did I just become a goat because I did not feed the least of my brothers and sisters? Jesus told me that when I feed the hungry, I'm feeding the king. And when I refuse, I refuse the king. And as you keep walking with those troubling thoughts, you look up and you see six more panhandlers ahead of you. Is every single panhandler the king who judges us? Are we being tested every time we do or do not help the needy? Does a king really count up all of the times that we give a handout and balance them out against all the times we don't? The king king gathers up everybody and separates the good from the bad. Or as we say in theological terms, separates the keepies from the creepies. The sheep from the goats. Which I kind of object to because I think it's unfair to goats. So for today... I am going to substitute for the more accurate hagfish, also known as slime eels, because hagfish are out only for themselves, and they spew slime at any strangers who come near, just like in this story. So, about whether you are a sheep or a hagfish, here's the thing. This famous parable is often known as the parable of the sheep and the goats. But the title given to us by translators is The Judgment of the Nations. It begins, all the nations will be gathered before him on the day of the Lord. The great shepherd of the sheep knows each of you by name. But the king of kings comes at the end to judge the nations. In this parable, we have moved to the social arena where society as a whole will be judged and will be found worthy or wanting. When Jesus does that, he follows the Old Testament prophets like Amos and Micah, the ones who denounced the nations of their time that neglected the people that the leaders were supposed to care for and protect. So, for three transgressions of Gaza and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they carried into exile entire communities For three transgressions of Edom, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because he pursued his brother with a sword and cast off all pity. That's from Amos. And given what's happening in Palestine, it's kind of painful to hear today. But God goes on to judge the other nations around Israel for the sins that they've committed. To the Israelite listeners, it is sweet music to hear the prophet pronounce the punishment of their most bitter enemies. I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza, fire that shall devour its strongholds. So Gaza will go away into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth if Matthew had his way. But then, here's what the prophet says next. For three transgressions of Israel... And for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they sell the righteous for silver. They sell the needy for a pair of sandals. They trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth. Surprise and shock. You felt so good, says God, when I condemned your enemies. You thought you were better than them. But judgment on your nation is based on how you care for your people. And if you don't do that, you're like hagfish, all of you. As strange as it may seem to evaluate a whole people without regard to the individuals, we do it all the time. Remember back in 2001 after 9-11, President Bush denounced what he called the axis of evil. Remember them? He named them Iraq, Iran, and North Korea. Total hagfish, so to speak. They are out only for themselves, and they spew slime on all strangers who come to them. But of course, there are lots of shades in between good and evil for nations as well as for individuals. Not many countries are totally good or totally evil. So what would be the judgment of the nations today? Following the axis of evil model, I have heard that there is an axis of not really evil but generally disagreeable. I also heard that there's an axis of countries that aren't the worst but won't be asked to host the Olympics anytime soon, and so on. There is space between Switzerland and North Korea. For example, Azerbaijan, half sheep and half hagfish. Albania, two-thirds sheep and one-third hagfish, but getting more sheepy all the time. And what about us? Get ready for what Amos might say. For three transgressions of America and for four. I will not revoke the punishment because they sell the righteous for bigger profits and corporate perks and the needy for Lamborghinis. They withhold food and shelter from the children and medicine from the elderly. They threaten those that cry for peace but give tax breaks to billionaires. Is that unfair? You have to say that Amos can be kind of harsh, right? But in the judgment of the nations, are we sheep or are we hagfish? The thing is, no nation is perfect. In no place in this world is the kingdom of God totally realized. So in the grand scheme of things, we're pretty good, I think. We may be seven-eighths sheep and one-eighth hagfish. But the one-eighth is important for us to know about. In a way, the judgment can be seen as less a last judgment and more of a, say, diagnostic finding, right? Your car is doing pretty good, but it needs a bit of work. We need to know what we're about and what we need to do better. God weighs the system in which we live. God weighs the moral compass by which we make our decisions, its character, its moral fiber, our laws and our culture. Do we practice an economics of compassion or an economics of self-interest? Do we care for the needy with a sense of responsibility and mutuality? Or do we say, every man for himself, you get what you deserve? The measure of a nation or a community is weighed not by how wealthy it is, not by its gross domestic product, but by how it uses its wealth and its wisdom to treat the least among us. Remember though, remember that Jesus is not speaking to us personally. He looks at the ethos, the culture, the character of a whole people. He's talking to to Moab and Gaza and Syria, not to your everyday David and Matthew and Jehoshaphat. He's talking to Libya, Brazil, China, not to your everyday Milton or Phil or Joanna. So where do we fit in? As individuals, we are part of society. We're participants in the life of our nation. We belong here. We are part of a community, the church too, with a mission to transform this ordinary community and this nation into the kingdom of God, what we now call God's beloved community, what is God's dream for the world and for humanity. As individuals, as followers of Jesus Christ, it is our responsibility, our baptismal vow, to help our communities become a little less hagfishy or goaty and a little more sheepy. I'm making up a lot of words here, but bear with me. That's a big job. We can't do it alone. We can't lift up the nation all by ourselves, but we can do it with God's help and with others' help. God even told Moses once that he doesn't have to lead his people all by himself. Well, neither do we. We help best by supporting the organizations whose whole purpose is to lift up the least of us. The Ohio Justice and Policy Center, the, the Coalition for the Homeless, the Free Star Food Bank, Meek, There are so many out there. And by the way, did you know That if you give $10 to that panhandler, he can buy a Big Mac with fries, but with not enough change for a drink. But that $10 would purchase up to 60 whole meals at the free store food bank. Here at Redeemer, this church does amazing things. This church makes it easy for us all to work together towards that beloved community where all persons have their basic needs met a community that brings our nation closer to sheephood. And how do we at Redeemer do that? I'll make it really quick, I'll just say, check out what Melanie does. That's it. And then, and then, to help our nation move towards a more sustainable system of sheephood, we can't forget to advocate for social change, to advocate for policies that lead to justice and peace, Policies that respect the dignity of every human being Policies things that put into law and policy the biblical injunction the moral injunction to love our neighbors They say you can't legislate morality, but I think you can I think that if we can get people used to using cars safety belts They can get used to living with social safety nets just fine today The last Sunday in Pentecost, we celebrate Christ the King. And then we move into Advent next week when we wait for the coming of Christ as a babe in Bethlehem. And yes, the coming of Christ at the end of time. And at the end, the King of the universe will put down his scepter and he will come back to earth to be our good shepherd. And the good shepherd will gather up in his arms us, his sheep, But we won't be just any sheep. We won't be just sheep to be judged. We will be his sheep. Not because we are perfect. We aren't perfect. If I were a nation, I'd be part hagfish. We will be his sheep, not because we are perfect, but because he loves us. And always remember that. Amen.
0: For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven. The right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshipped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
5: With our hearts and minds, let us pray to God responding. God of love, hear our prayer. We pray that your love will find a way to heal our wounded world. And guide our nation and leaders to a path of justice and peace. Help us to know Jesus and grow in love. love United in relationships of holy connection and communion, we share a heart with those who feel separated or cast out for any reason. Help us reach out in love. We pray for this beloved community, in the spirit growing with all people. We pray for our Bishop-elect, the Reverend Canon Kristen Ethelman White. Help us make it safe for all to live with integrity and for all to live in peace. Inspiring us through our church, through scripture, Through the word made flesh in Jesus and through the sacraments, help us to deepen our relationship with you. We pray for people and places that long for relief from suffering. Andrew Andrew Banerjee, Aggie Kusunki, Ryan Patel, Bill Schultnick for those who struggle with mental health concerns, and for those we now name silently or aloud, for those around the world affected by disasters, for those around the world affected by war and conflict, especially the people of Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Uganda, and Sudan. For the victims of mass shootings throughout the past week, in Willoughby, Ohio, Spring Valley, California, Little Rock, Arkansas, Memphis, Tennessee, Port Arthur, Texas, Fairborn, Ohio, West Cliff, Colorado, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Beaver Creek, Ohio, Watsonville, California, Goodman, Mississippi, Lumberton, North Carolina, Chicago, Illinois, Decatur, Georgia. God, remind us that we are not alone. We give thanks for all the moments of grace that sustain us, for those we now name silently or aloud. Your love and grace. Give us eyes to see your goodness in the world around us. God of love, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have died and for those we name now silently or aloud. Comfort those who grieve. God of love, hear our prayer. God of love, send us into the world rooted and grounded in love to serve all people with humility, compassion, and faithfulness.
0: Almighty God, by your Holy Spirit, you have made us one with your saints in heaven and on earth. Grant that in our earthly pilgrimage, we may always be supported by this fellowship of love and prayer and know ourselves to be surrounded by their witness to your power and mercy. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, in whom all our intercessions are acceptable through the Spirit, and who lives and reigns forever and ever.
4: Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed.
0: Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. I invite you please to stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. Be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, right to give our to it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and Earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you whole and complete in every good thing, that you might do the works of love and mercy that are pleasing to God's sight, to the glory of Jesus Christ forever and ever. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you now and remain with you always.
4: Let us go forth in the name of Christ.